Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and get ready for the show. Just a word of warning, spoilers ahead. Yo, what's up, guys? We're back again for the third installment of our Southeast Asian Gems. I'm so excited for this last one because I think the last two, they were very different, but very great, very awesome, very dope, I guess. Mm. Um, pretty good adjectives over there. but um, <laughs> Watch out, everybody. We've got a wordsmith. Oh, right here, Mr. <laughs> wordsmith. <laughs> so I'm joined again by my two favorite co-hosts, Ollie and Raph. And um, I believe you guys have the third movie and the last one in this theme. Yeah, I'll be... Um... I'll be taking it from here. So for the third film in our um, series on Southeast Asian Gems, uh, I wanted to pick one of my favorite films from the last decade. Um, this is a 2010 dra- art, art drama from Thailand called Uncle Boonmi, Who Can Recall His Past Lives. So how do I describe this film? I mean, there is a plot, but there also really isn't a plot. But I guess the premise could be summed up as an elderly man is dying of a terminal illness. And as his body is withering away, he contemplates reincarnation and he kind of recalls his past lives. And you see that, you know, that this man who's about to die and leave his body lived in a stream of different other bodies. And so it's a, as you can tell from that description alone, it's a very metaphysical film. And this film is more, it's like trying to describe this film is like trying to bottle the wind. It's kind of impossible. Um, but yeah, it's a magical piece of work. So it was um, released in 2010 and it won the um, Palm Dior uh, at the 2010 Cannes Film Festival. It was the first Thai film to do so. And it was written, produced and directed by, okay, so I'm gonna, um, I apologize in advance. I really am going to butcher this name. Apichat Pong Wira Sethakul, who also goes by Joe, which is um, very, very merciful to people like me, to dumb Westerners who can't pronounce names like that properly, but who's also one of my favorite directors. This film is just stunning to look at. I'm really excited for you guys to see it. It's also, um, it introduced the world to Sayombo Muktikprom, who is uh, an incredible cinematographer who went on to work with um, uh, Luca Guadagnino namely um shooting uh call me by your name and um the remake of suspiria but yeah we can get all into all of that when we meet in a few days to discuss this film but yeah i'm really excited to talk about this with you guys and also this film could not be more different from the raid (laughs) yeah i was gonna say yeah we've kind of shifted shifted gears here like went back to a, a minus or a reversed three here um, I'm very excited to see this existential piece, which looks to be very, um, very primitive. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, cool. yeah, I just have to say, you, um, you know, I, I, I think his films are incredibly engaging, but they do move at a leisurely pace. But if you, if you, if you get yourself into the vibe, basically, if you just allow yourself to kind of surrender to it and you don't have any distractions around, you'll be sucked into this film. I feel um, like from what you've, said it sounds like the type of movie that could inspire an album or something you know that's something that would Mm. that's like very musical about it i don't know it's very strange but i'm very excited 
Yeah, I'm very, very yeah. excited about this. So you got to put away your phone. You got to like chuck it into the other room and like oh, lock dude. the door or something. Uh, I will. <laughs> I promise you guys. <laughs> but yeah, Good. I think All right, this great. is our second can winner in this theme. Did Elo Elo win a can? No, award? I think it won a different mm-hmm, award. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, you guys need yeah. to school me on what awards they have or whatever. But yeah, well, I guess we'll leave that for after. So I think we should get to this movie. Uh, and yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, let's record back later. All right. Thanks, for the, yeah, thanks for the pick. Yeah, yeah. Sounds no good. Sweet. All right, and we're back. We just watched Uncle Boone Me Recalls His Past Lives. Did I get that right? It's a freaking long-ass title for a fucking <laughs> what-the-fuck-did-I-just-watch movie. Like, dude, Indeed. what Indeed. did I watch? Like, hey, we're still figuring it out. To, to, answer, to answer your question, it's um, it's actually Uncle Boonmi who can recall Ooh, his past okay. lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, even um, can do it. Uncle and I, Boonmi, in terms of the other question, what the fuck did you just watch? I, I do not have that answer. Yeah. I don't know either. Hope, hopefully, after this, maybe we can debunk it and find a better, um, I don't know, a better definition for this film. Perhaps we can come with more of a more of a reason, or perhaps mm. not. Maybe this film was made just because you're not supposed to have any. There isn't like some profound message deep inside buried in the treasure. Maybe it's just something that we witnessed and that's that's it. That's the beauty of life. Am I right? Yeah. Who knows? We'll see, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. For yeah, the... this is... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, well, this is... Yeah, so this could be the... Um, I don't know, the film that we... This could be a, like an... Uh, uh, I think this could be proved to be quite an important episode in this um, series because, um, you know part of this whole show is to educate you about films and i think you know what's important is to sometimes watch a film that throws away everything that you expect from a film basically and reminds us that this did start as an art form and that the idea that a film had to have a linear narrative it had to have a beginning a middle and end that it had to have a concrete message behind it that it even had to have a some grand ideological purpose um you know that that is kind of a fallacy that that does not have to apply to all films and it's very oh, yeah. orthodox, isn't it? So, yeah. But anyway, shall we get into it, boys? Yeah. So, just a little thing for the listeners out there. Usually, we before we start this conversation, we have a little conversation, but we didn't do that this time because I feel like with this kind of movie, we need to. I guess we just get to it and record what we want to say, and and like maybe not be influenced by the other person's perspective on the movie because I don't know if you guys have spoken like in your own chats together about this movie but I I have not and um yeah just as soon as the from the beginning of this movie it like like you said it just posed a lot of questions I was like what is the purpose of this movie like what is the purpose of movies in general like I found this, I was like, what am I watching? It was such a confusing experience where I feel like I don't have the, I don't have any reference points to be like, okay, this is what I like, I, don't, I have. Well, that's no what I idea. think. That's what I think we're, we're, we're talking about here is that I think, you know, a lot of people probably went into this movie, especially after hearing that it won the Palme d'Or, you know, so they'd, they'd heard all of this buzz around it. They went in to see this film. They came out probably 
many people probably came out very confused and then they immediately thought i probably don't have the education or the insight to be able to understand or crack the mystery at the heart of this movie so i must go to more learned people and find out from them and i don't think anyone had an answer and i think you know i was reading a little bit about interviews with the director around the time of the release of this film and yeah he said that everyone including really well esteemed veteran critics and film experts were coming to him with questions that he either did not or would not provide an answer for and he instead would just sort of answer a question with a question which is that you know does it have to have any meaning behind it can it can it not just can it not just exist simply to exist so to to carry on with that thought ollie um i i looked at one uh, one reporter came up to him um after khan i believe and, and this is after he had won and the reporter tells him uh, asked him this question, what the hell does it all mean? Um, and he answers by just saying, but that's life. No, sometimes mm -hmm. you don't need to understand everything to appropriate a certain beauty. And I think the film operates in the same way. It's like tapping into someone's mind. The thinking pattern is quite random, jumping here to there like a monkey. And that's like kind of how he sums this movie up for himself. Um, it, it's just life. And that's what I found um, really curious about this film because I was I was on the same boat, man. I was just like, the hell am I watching right now? This is why, <laughs> why, what's going on? I'm yeah. completely perplexed. I'm bewildered beyond thought, and I needed some answer. I needed reasoning. My linear brain was like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Where's the? What do you mean? Where's the story? But then I started tapping into a more meditative state of mind, mm -hmm. and that's that helped me really. Um, not understand the film, but just go with the film, you know, like mm. ride that wave. Um, it's almost like a drug, you know, you just got to go with it. Um, mm -hmm. And this just happened to be a beautiful drug that tapped in, you know, spirituality, afterlife, death, all these huge themes that like, you don't even have it. How can you answer these questions? How can you answer death? How can you answer the afterlife? They're just it just it's just motion it, that that's what this film is it's just it's taking you on a journey and you either hop on board and ask questions later or you don't so i feel like we're dancing around the question though which i have for you guys did you enjoy it so you know you 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 obviously had reactions to it but do you think some part of you got something meaningful from, from the experience of watching this film so maybe you didn't enjoy it but did you yeah. were you were you moved in any way were you engaged or were you just dead bored? <laughs> like, okay, let's say... <clears throat> what this movie did for me was, like, should I laugh? Is it okay that I'm laughing? <laughs> What's going on? Like, okay, so... I, I saw a lot of similarities. I don't know, okay, if, there's, if there are similarities, but, like, with Midsommar, in terms of, like, the... I don't know if Midsommar was more fat, like more fantasy, you know, I feel like it would have been something similar to this. But, you know, I saw, you know, when I searched up the movie on Amazon Prime, because I tried to watch it on movie, but I, I was actually wrong. It wasn't available on there. So I got it on Amazon Prime. I actually bought the movie because shit didn't go the way it was supposed to. But it said comedy avant-garde fantasy and i was like mm. holy fucking shit what kind of movie is this gonna be you know am i allowed to laugh and then 
as I was watching the movie, you know, I realized that, okay, if this was a Western movie, let's say, something about, like, the afterlife would usually be something like a horror movie, a scary movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, when uh, Tai Chewbacca shows up, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the red eyes, like, <laughs> dude, I did yeah. not like those red eyes. Uh, I found that freaky. really scary. Freaky. It was freaky. Yeah, freaky. And then mm. it was. I mean, sorry, did we just got to say that? Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is <laughs> the first time I watched it because you know that oh, that image of the uh, just the silhouette with the red eyes mm. crawling through the forest in the dusk is just one of the most indelible images in cinema yeah. to me, mm. and really startling and quite scary when you first see it. Yeah. And then yeah, to when when do you see when I first watched that film this film too and that creature just comes into light and it's yeah it's just tied chewbacca yeah and he's just i I, I think i I think i yeah i just and in in a completely normal voice yeah i think i started laughing too yeah i I started laughing and i still giggle at different points of this film Mm. well i think that's okay so that's something i did want to talk about actually i have it here in my notes i think this film this film upends a lot of people's expectations but i think that creates kind of like an interesting narrative about maybe the reason why we're expecting these things is because we're not from this part of the world, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, this doesn't just necessarily apply to people from the West, but we all grew up with around a lot of Western influences. And so you take like that scene when the ghost of the um, the wife appears for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like if this were a typical movie and a ghost just showed up like she does um, at the table, which I, I, I still find quite scary when it first happens, usually what would follow is people would be afraid and mm. her presence would strike fear into the audience. And the, the what would happen would be the characters, you know, trying to move away or trying to react with horror of some kind. But instead, it just quickly is accepted as a part of the reality. Yeah. And then they are just talking with her like nothing is off at all. And they're talking and they just welcome her to the table mm. and offer her food and drink. I feel like and, that's... Because um... we grew up on ghost movies. As a ghost appears, you yeah. have to avoid it or you have to grapple with that in some way but here they just don't because like we grew up in singapore right and i guess we're more familiar with buddhist culture than maybe the average western educated person Mm -hmm. is you know Mm -hmm. so we understand that ancestry is very important in buddhist culture so this viewpoint of oh uh, my wife my son going back and into i don't know a past life we i guess come from the viewpoint the point of view that it's a little bit more understandable but still Mm. this this movie was so surprising like there were so many strange aspects where i just couldn't bring myself to understanding what was going on like Mm. and like you said do i need to understand like Mm. Mm. That's that's what that's why like I I go back to my first question, what is mm. the purpose of film? Is it for people to tell a story? Is it to have an experience? Like, what was the purpose of this film? What was the director trying to show us? And what was our experience supposed to be? Because it seems like everyone was kind of confused, and yeah, I just I was just like. What do I do with myself? Like, do I <laughs> laugh, cry, 
do I keep watching? Do I keep watching? Uh, do I, I look away? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, yeah. Such a weird, such a weird movie, it was, guys. It was almost primitive in that sense, and I think um, one of the ideas, one of the central theme for this film is transformation and and extinction and death and all that. But I, he wanted to emphasize, and this is like just going through some of the interviews that he had done with with reporters. Um, who I'm just going to say his first name because I know I will butcher his last name, uh, Apichatpong. Um, and Apichatpong says that the central theme uh, is transformation and possible extension of, of cinema itself. The film consists of six reels, each shot in a different cinematic style, right? Mm. So he's, he's trying to uh, reintegrate an old style of film, which is now long lost. Um, uh, it, it's long lost to the digital uh, film mm-hmm. and he went back to 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 face kind of the old cinema itself and to to ask the old cinema um, these questions of like can you still stand the test of time and 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 that that, that kind of takes you away from from the themes of of, of what this what this movie is trying to introduce about the past lives the the heritage the the ancestry um, and 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 your 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 ghosts coming to to will not haunt you because they don't haunt you. I mean, you, you, you face it, uh, you, 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 you accept it. And I feel like that level of acceptance is something that's not really uh, conscious when you're talking about Western horror. Because like the Westernized depiction of horror where ghosts and the supernatural and the spirits come to you, you're always, it's, there's, there's always fear. It's always fear-based. It's always out there for, for blood. And I'm not saying that Thai horror doesn't have the capabilities to do that. There's plenty of Thai horrors that like are batshit banana crazy. But mm. um, this is such a, the only way I can really describe it is a meditation because like that's, I am breathing with this film. And the first thing that made me realize that this was a meditation was the sound. And Ollie and I were talking about just before we started recording this, is the sound of this film, man. Like mm. the meditative beginning of, you, you can see like a paranormal, not see, but you can hear a pa- panoramic like, like just barrier inside your, inside mm. your brain of, of all the sounds that are happening in the jungle. Like this tropical forest just creates an amazing soundscape that is alluring and pensive and, and it's just natural. It's just these natural sounds that, especially for, I, I think maybe for us, because we lived in Singapore, we're maybe more accustomed to those sounds, those tropical yeah. sounds, those waves. Um, and that, that's really what set me um, going deeper with this film and accepting this film for what it is, um, thanks to the sounds and the sound engineering and just yeah, what like, we're able to capture. Like I've seen this film about six or seven times. I've seen it twice in the cinema. So mm. I, I usually get something pretty good from the experience of watching this film but um this time i watched it under what would be just you know what would probably be described as less than ideal circumstances i was taking a train actually to um the countryside to see my family and um i just had a i hadn't had any spare time throughout the week to catch up on the film like like i normally would and so and then the train got stuck on the tracks and it was raining outside and i just thought you know I've potentially got about an hour, a little under two hours ahead of me before this journey is over. Maybe I could just watch the movie now. I had my laptop in front of me. I just put on my noise-canceling headphones, and I felt a little bit guilty at first because I thought, this is not how you're supposed to experience good, artful mm. cinema. You're not supposed to watch it on your MacBook in a train with headphones on. But that's what I did, and immediately, because I probably because I had pretty good quality headphones, 
I was just sucked right into the atmosphere of this mm. movie. I heard those insects and those jacadas in the background. I was watching this water buffalo walk through the fields and a sense of calm just washed over mm. me. And even though I was in a train, an empty carriage in a train, I suddenly felt like I was in the middle of a tropical, mm. you know, just a, in the middle of the thicket of the jungle. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely. And I think that speaks to the power of this movie and the entrance, the sort of the trance like effect it can put you in. Yeah. yeah. And the, and maybe you forget that these senses really open up a possibility. Uh, these senses I'm, ta- I'm referring to the, the sense of sound. Right. Um, because so much uh, cinema nowadays, or at least a lot of it in terms of commercial cinema is very it's very um, towards the eyes. You're seeing a lot. There's there's a lot that you're witnessing. It's almost too much that like, sometimes I'm like, how does the brain even comprehend what's going on? Holy shit, there's like seven different Avengers fighting this fucking army with like a thousand enemies. Like what's going on? There's like music. There's, it's, it's like so much bombastic. It's almost like um, it, it overflows your brain too much information. Whereas this, just, just the sound of the jungle, you can even close your eyes. And, and, and it recreates that world for you. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this constant sound of jungle, it, like never leaving you and, and, and lingering and dwelling, it's just like a ghost, just like a spirit, man. Like the spirits lie in the jungle. They are in the jungle. They come from the jungle because they come from the earth. And that's, and that's like the spirituality that follows through. It's like the jungle is, is, is that power. And then, and then they go into the cave and it's this whole other world mm. of, of, of spirituality. It's this whole other enchanting, just magical like thing. And it's, it, it's the thing where this movie, like, yes, it's bewildering. Yes, sometimes I'm just like, what the hell is going on? But then it shows you things like that. And I'm like, okay, I don't care. I'm not supposed to understand. You're not yeah. always supposed to comprehend these things that are being showed at you. If, you, if you're able to breathe them in and accept them, just like you're, you know, just like accepting a ghost right in front of you. That's, that's, that's what it is. And that's, mm. I feel like that's what this movie challenges you to be. It's to be still, to be there, to be, to be present. Yeah. My, my first impression when I was watching this movie was the just beautiful sound design. And mm. I feel like that's what you guys are talking about as well. Like that's the first thing I noticed with the, the water Buffalo scene and just everything from that point onwards. Cause you know, with like Western film, you know, we always think of like Hans Zimmer or mm. like these crazy, amazing like soundtracks. But this, mm. I don't, I don't even remember if there was any music other than I think the, 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 the well, it, what, what you have is, the, yeah, the, well, the what you have is, the, well, what you have is like, you have that background noise of the insects and the, yeah. you know, the ambience of the jungle. And then at certain critical points in the film, where I think they're trying to heighten the tension, the tension, or yeah. the, the uh, a sense, a slight sense of dread. Mm. They just sort of, um, it's like they almost like turn up the volume on the background mm-hmm. so that you hear those insects more intensely. And then it's kind mm-hmm. of like accompanied by a thrumming tone, just these heavy, ominous tones. Yeah. So it's not melody, it's just tone. Um, um, and. I, I found that to be really effective as well. It was. And then you obviously, but, but then again, you have the weird, like, tight indie rock song at the end. Yeah. Very yeah, odd yeah. choice to end the movie. <laughs> I mean, the ending of the movie was such a huge contrast to the first two thirds, I guess, because the mm. first two thirds of the movie, they're in the jungle, the countryside. Uh, they're in that cave. And then it cuts to them being in the city and that, like, 
Thai hotel room, which just brings me back to like going to oh with the 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 harsh and stuff, the harsh like, fluorescent lighting, the fluorescent and that, lights, and, the, and the tile floors, like well, uh, well you yeah. know we we say that it's hard to talk about any messages or themes in the movies, sorry in the movie, but but there's one right there, right? So like right. yeah, so <clears throat> in the first two thirds of the film, you know, you there's nothing explicitly religious or spiritual about what's going on. But it takes place in the jungle, and all of this wild stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a lot of, you know, potentially Buddhist overtones, for example, or just ideas of spirit of the paranormal. And then you cut to after Uncle Bunmi dies, after they leave behind the cave, it cuts right to his funeral, which takes place in a temple, I, I believe, in the city or in a nearby town, well, away from the jungle. Funeral? And it's yeah, and it's like a really <laughs> modernistic. Yeah. Really austere, cold, sterile um, temple, Monolithic. which doesn't oh feel. My God. Which doesn't. I didn't which, even realize it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which doesn't even feel particularly like tapped into the something mm. more eternal or spiritual. And then you have, you know, you follow that character. What's his name? Tong, the the nephew, or the um, I think he's the nephew, who's become a monk since then, and mm. you know his own view on his. Um, I don't know, his transition into his the monkhood and his, guess, yeah, it involved yeah. is, is completely like downplayed mm. and actually kind of almost like mocked a little bit because he just doesn't seem to take it seriously at all. Yeah. You're watching him yeah. getting out of his robes and taking showers and then going to the karaoke bar and just watching yeah, TV. He's like, Let's go to 7-Eleven. Like, yeah, exactly. How so commercial I, can you get? I feel like maybe there's something there about the fact that, you know, even though the temple, you might find more of these temples in the city maybe because they're away from a more natural setting like the jungle or a more rural setting mm. they're kind of stripped of a lot of the magic in a way yeah if that makes yeah, any sense wow and and that's you're right that there's there's a, a really strong message there towards the end is you know they 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 go they get away from 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 the rural from the from the spiritual from the jungle mm-hmm. from from everything that that um it's kind of holy in Thailand is, is outside these concrete walls and concrete jungles. Um, and yeah, they even, they're taking they even this... mention it in the beginning. Like mm. I'd rather be here or, um, uncle Boon me. He was like, I want you to have this farm rather yeah, yeah, than you yeah, being yeah, yeah. in the, and the she keeps, of yeah, and she's, exactly. And she says no. And then also, I mean, I think it's important to note that she is also, um, I don't know if you'd say, I don't know if the film is trying to necessarily criticize her as a character, but it is point. I think it's it's important or significant that she's kind of xenophobic as well. Yeah, yeah because I yeah, do yeah, think yeah. there is a there are political allusions in this film. I don't yeah. think you can deny that. Yeah. And one of the first conversations in the film, she's With, telling Uncle Bunmi that he shouldn't have a, a Laotian um, yeah, immigrant right, yeah. at yeah. working on his farm because. He might kill him and then rob mm. him or rob him and then yeah. disappear mm. without any trace. And then she was saying and they smell and yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. And there was yeah, like yeah. a blend with Cambodia as well, or maybe Myanmar. Um, well, okay, well, so, that was because so, of the communist. There's the there's the uh, there is the the, the 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 conflict they had uh, by the border with, yeah. with communists flooding in, and there was yeah terrible bloodshed up there um, in north. That, in that north was where Thailand. they were doing the picture. Kind of scene the, was, well, I think like this stills. is where, like, actually having a bit of a, I think having a background knowledge of Thailand and of more importantly the Isan region, which is that mm. part of North Thailand where this film mostly takes place, does mm. help you unpack it a, just a little bit. 
Just because a little bit I didn't there. know anything about this before watching this film for the first time, but I've since then read up on it a bit more. And so apparently Isan, where this film takes place, that mm. used to be part of Laos. And then I may be getting this correct, so please, to anyone who knows better mm -hmm. or to any Thai listeners that we have or La Laotian listeners that we have, please yeah. you know, let me know if I'm getting this wrong or I apologize if I do. But basically, um, it was kind of seized by Thailand, I think, during a military mm. campaign mm -hmm. of some sort. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the local people, the Asan people, which have their own dialect, have been kind of phased out and washed out. And a lot of them were um, collateral, uh, were caught in the crossfire between the communists mm -hmm. and between the non-communists in Thailand um, when there was, you know, a massive dispute and genocide being um, mm -hmm. brought. And um, so I think that does play into the message of the movie. I mean, my theory, you know, one of my interpretations is that you could look at the monkey ghosts or yeah. as we like to call them, the Thai Chewbacca's, as yeah. um, representative of the 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 Asan people who've been sort of they are the people of the past, as we see in that yeah. montage, yeah. who've been phased out or have been um, lost in time. Mm. Um, yeah. And it plays it plays with that. It plays it 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 plays with the past, with the present, and almost hints at the future as well. A lot of the time, right? I mean, we are. And this is one of the most, you know, perplexing scenes of all when we're taking back to to a certain time, perhaps, you know, <laughs> I know, uh, I, know I, already feel all these, I already feel all I already feel all he knows what I'm going to what I'm going to introduce here. Um, but the, the the scene in the in, in the waterfall and this like beautiful, like uh, just oh. body of water, right. uh, which is a beautiful place, beautiful scenery. And then. Uh, you know, we meet this princess and she falls in love. Well, at least it, it seems that there is a bit of an attraction between her and, and one of the soldiers, I assume. Uh, that's what he was. And uh, then she she goes into the water and and, 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 and what ensues is, is, I mean, the only way I can explain it is, is a fish eating her out. Um, well, a, a particular <laughs> oh, kind of fish. that what happened? I, I mean, yeah, I I've, been, I've, I've I always described it as like... Was I thought the pond was... What did you think was happening, Jabriel? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've never heard it described that way. I mean, obviously, people... It is basically a sex scene between a catfish and the princess. And a catfish. I've never, it it a catfish. makes a lot of sense to them, but I never thought the catfish was eating her out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because, like, that's so weird, because I saw it as... Um, oh, my God. Uncle Boon Me in his past life was the waterfall and the pond. Wait, did you not see the, the catfish in the middle of the water? Well, I saw the catfish, was, but like, was, I, I the thought The catfish was, that... was talking, right? They were exchanging, like, <laughs> well, see, which I never, I, I, I always thought laugh it was at, the even pond. though I love... <laughs> I thought it was the pond or the lake or whatever it was. Like, the, the body of water was what he was in the past. And he was speaking to the princess, and it was the body of water that had had sexual relations i don't know like Look, i thought the body of water it. had sex with the princess that's what that's what i thought what happened i didn't realize right. it was the fish well i, I mean whatever so, that scene was I, just so sure strange it, yeah i mean i'm pretty sure it's 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 confused all of us not just us but everyone watching this film or maybe not all but uh, I would, I would I would say a large part of, of people that have watched this film because this erotic encounter is unlike anything I've ever seen before and I was most certainly like surprised by seeing it and I don't really know what it means but um, 
there's a certain liberation that comes from it from the princess and it's and it also just the beauty that she's surrounded with um and and and, and going back i don't know if we want to keep talking about the i mean they kind of around. foreshadow that scene with um boon song the sun having mated with the mm. the monkey the monkey ghosts the monkey ghosts i think they kind of like this is where we're gonna confuse that. each other. I don't, this is so confusing. About this movie if you is if so you confusing. have not watched this, because I know a few, I do know a few people who listen to this podcast who listen to episodes without having watched the yeah. movie that we're talking about, and you know I I appreciate their commitment to listening to all of the episodes. That's really nice. Yeah. But also, this is one of those movies in particular where if you haven't seen this movie, this yeah. must. It must feel like you're listening to some weird performance piece or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some really? like random what the fuck are we talking about? Experience. Yeah. yeah, like did we yeah, all just yeah. drop acid and watch an episode of Scooby Doo? And, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what it means to us. Um, so going back to yeah, it, it playing with past, present, and future, and um, and the past coming back to 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 be there with you the past coming back to maybe have uh reconciliation with 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 the people of your past um and and the present just being the struggle that he he has uncle boomy's his um i believe it was his kidney or his liver that was he had uh he had he, had di- he was having he was dying of kidney fa- failure yeah kidney failure right so, um so uh and that's that's the present that he's currently dealing with but he's so in acceptance of that as well. And he, li- he's, he looks like a man who just lives just purely in the moment. Um, he's just there. And what a soothing voice, man. I could listen to that guy like talk all day. Yeah. And, we should, we should also, also mention... Let's just say he's not a pro. I think he was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just a random dude. All, the, all of the actors in this film are non-professional. Say, yeah. mm, which amazing. I mean, we, we, I, essentially for me... Part of part of watching this, I was like, uh, this is a docu style. I mean, this is watching like a documentary, just ordinary folk talking about, you know, spirituality and taking us into mm. into their lives. Um, and it was so so alluring. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it made you feel that ties, um, especially nor- northern ties, um, hold a strong impression on life after death and spirituality. And, and that spirituality is not ingrained in, in its people or just in its people, but it's ingrained in the land. So when you refer to the last bit taken away from that, when they're all, you know, hunched up in a in a hotel room with fluorescent light, watching TV, just like zombied out, that was such a contrast, like you said, Gabriel, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Ollie. And they were taken away from from their primitive or from their you know, from, from what was holy and from what they, from what they've experienced and, and witnessed. And, and that's where we now as a human, as a human race are going towards if we don't, you know, fight the, fight that urge to, to really, yeah, fucking mong out to watch TV instead of being outside next to a tree. Going into the jungle. Like that's, that's the importance of the, the ending to Uncle Bunmi's story is that as a group, they leave the comfort of their home. They go into the jungle, even though, I think one of them is using a walking stick. She's an mm. she's an older woman, and mm. so it's not an easy journey for her. But she ventures into there, and they, and they, you know that that cr- I mean the cave. You could talk about that for oh, a long for time. Sure. Like the cave for is sure. you could almost interpret it as like the cradle of life, basically. Yeah. Because Uncle where they Bumi, came from, you know. Yeah, because yeah. so this, if you look at this film as in many ways mm. a metaphor for reincarnation, it would make mm. sense then that Uncle Bunmi would want to go and die there because. 
as he says when he goes inside that cave, he says, it feels so comfortable here. It's almost like a womb. So if you're going to die anywhere and you're expecting to be reborn, why not go then back to the place that, you know, you first came from, essentially? Why not mm. die in the womb so that you can be recreated again? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just like that image as well as, I mean, we could, we should, we should, you know, men talk a little bit about the cinematography here, but the, just the, the images they create in that cave, like the, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. the, the, uh, the sparkling rocks. And then they have that one long shot of the moon just viewed mm. through the crack in the, mm. in the cave. It's just stunning. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, they had to, they had to venture there, right? They had to, they had to go there to capture these. I mean, I don't know where this mm. cave essentially is but they had to to really go there and 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 find these things and find the nuances and the subtleties in each shot and one of my favorite shots is when the last time we see uncle Bunni, uh when he's lying there and it's and it's half of his half of his body is exposed by sunlight and the other half his head is 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 in the darkness, in darkness. and it's as if he had he had been receded to the darkness mm. and um her the I can't remember her name, uh, and I. Mm, is it like ja Jang, his, his Jang? wife's sister, or yeah, sister-in-law like Jang? Sister -in -law? Yeah, Jen, Jen, yeah, Hui's sister. Is it? I think it's Hui's sister. sister. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. Hui's sister. Yes. Yeah. Hui's sister. Anyway, so she she comes to him slowly, delicately, because also she's you know she 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 has a hard time walking, and and that I don't know that shot for me like just did it. It, it, it captured something so honest and so just pure and that's it that's that that's the last we see of him and then we see uh the nephew yeah uh climb up uh and and leave and leave that place because he maybe he has a, that youthful curiosity to explore maybe the more urban world maybe the more civilized world and essentially yeah. it is that because he's also like in that duality between whether or not he wants to be a monk you know it's it's that thing. So yeah, yeah it's, it's there, there's some there's some beautiful poetry in it, and there's some really some poetic illustrations of morality of mortality. Sorry, um, yeah. that the cinematographer who you mentioned, Ollie, worked um, has gone on to work with. Uh, Call me by your name, um, director Luca um, Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino, right on. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I just wanted to. I don't. I don't mean to interject here, but. Please, I just wanted do. to to say, I mean, we've been talking about the imagery a lot and how it it really, you know, the imagery and the cinematography works hand in hand together in this movie and it's shown so well. But mm -hmm. I remember, because like while I was watching this movie, I was having a conversation with someone and they were saying like, they were just asking me like, what do, you, what do I think of this movie? And I guess this falls under, like, maybe how there isn't really a timeline. Um, so this is the type of film where, you know, have you, have you ever been to, like, an art exhibition or an art gallery? And mm -hmm. you walk into, like, maybe a small, like, cinema room, you know? And they usually have some sort of film or movie going in, like, mm, in a, a visual expose. Like, yeah, like, for half an mm. hour or 45 minutes and you can walk in at any point at any time and just watch something going on. And this is what mm. I felt with this movie. It's something that I would see in an art exhibition rather than in a cinema. You know, I could start this movie 45 minutes in and then just loop it. And 
it would still give me the same experience. Like it, I, is that because, is that because you feel like it's more than just a movie to watch on, on your TV? It's, it's, I, it's I feel like almost? it's, it's less, well, my opinion of it, if it, it, see, this is where the lines are blurred between like film and, and visual art. And, and I feel it's less like, a movie that we would watch in a cinema, you know, like, and more mm-hmm. of a visual art piece because mm-hmm. some, so sometimes with art, I feel a little, how do I put this? You know, like there is this kind of community of artists where if you don't understand what's going on, then you can't really experience this movie. And, you know, coming from the, from the viewpoint of the movie newbie, you know, I really felt like a newbie mm-hmm. in this w- watching mm-hmm. this, you know, I felt like that, like I said in the beginning, I didn't have the the reference points to watch this, but mm-hmm. as you guys said as well, like you guys were also mm-hmm. kind of confused with this and totally, totally um, still, 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 I think, you know, there, yeah, there are conversations. I feel like this is a good movie to, to watch maybe, a year from now, if we ever get to that point, you know, like it's a good movie to revisit and mm. probably do it. Hey, Ollie's done it three of. times. No, yeah. you said six or seven. Yeah, I've, I've watched this six or seven times, I think. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Um, we're talking about we're talking about someone who's who's proficient at watching this film more yeah, than so once. I feel like this yeah. is a very good movie to revisit in the future yeah. for this for this podcast. And well, I think um, it's really it's really a reference point. I don't it's know. Really, it's really just. It's yeah. really, um, I think it's it's pretty astute actually, and um, uh, significant that you described compared this film to an art installation piece because that's I don't know if you know this, but that's actually where this film came from mm. initially. So apparent, um, oh. I might be getting the specifics mixed up here, but I think the director, who's affectionately known as Joe, because most people, especially in the West, <laughs> can't pronounce his name, so. I am unfortunately one of those um, incompetent Westerners, so I'm going to refer to as him as Joe. So um, Joe has said that sorry, Joe was basically asked by some, I don't know, some organization or by some initiative in Europe to create um, uh, six pieces for an ongoing art video installation mm. about the Isan region, um, about this part of the country, Thailand, and he did make a few of those short films, but I think Uncle Bunmi ended up essentially being a, fee- a feature-length version of two or three of those um, initial video mm, pieces that he's made. Interesting. And, and I've actually been to an art exhibition at the Tate Modern, oh, where I walked into a room, and they were showing some of some video short films or some installations from this director's um, filmography. So are you on a saying loop. that there's? Are you saying that there's other parts that? that like link to this movie that I, I don't I don't have all are, like, I don't have all the answers or? I think I don't know if yeah I don't tell know if there me, are other tell me <laughs> yeah I mean oh, I heard no. interesting to, apparently like, there's one the apparently there's one yeah apparently there's one video that actually answers all of our questions but <laughs> um it's been locked in a chest and dumped into the middle of the sea uh, no uh, box. <laughs> <laughs> no um but I'm not exactly sure about the specifics I don't know if what he filmed for that art installation, if any of that footage ended up being in this film, or if he was just inspired from that process to make this film. Yeah. But it was, it did, the origins of Uncle Bumi can recall, recall his past lives is from that initial art installation piece yeah. that he was asked to do. 
and See, that's um, what it felt like. That's well, yes, he he's he's made lots of those pieces for various installations in the past. Mm. So you know, you're right on the money there. That's that's where his training comes from in a way. Yeah, I mean, it it was so hard to. I mean, you guys know me. Like, I found it very hard to zone in on this movie. And because, like, whenever I go to those kinds of, like, art installations of, like, you know, you walk into this room where there's a projector and, you know, surround sound. And I and I will sit there, but I, I would never last the whole loop. And I don't know. It's just... I mean, I don't. It's not that I don't like this movie, and it's not that I like this movie. It's like I don't know how to feel. I really okay. don't know what yeah. to do with my with my experience of this movie. Maybe it that's was the just point. Just yeah, and maybe that's the point. Mm. And ah, I don't know. But maybe we can get onto the cinematography because that's something that I really did enjoy. And I, until you said it, Raf. Now I realize, like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of different styles of mm -hmm. cinematography in this movie, and it was so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, from that buffalo scene to the, to the, I guess, bestiality scene? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, to the cave, I, to, to the jungles, the cave, to, you know, where they live. Yeah. yeah one one scene even, that really, uh, that I really liked was when, um, shit, what was her name? Jen. Jang or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, she yeah, was. Uh, I mean, like it was sprinkled throughout the movie of her hate of the insects and the bugs, and there was mm -hmm. a scene her sitting down at the dining table, and she was swatting insects yeah. with the electric. Oh, the fly the, um, the thing, rackets, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you <laughs> could hear the, the sound of the insects like the electrocution, the electrocution and insects. stuff. The yeah. the and soundtrack of our childhood in many ways. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And uh, I love that scene. That was a beautiful that. scene, though. Like mm. the lighting, it kind of looked like an interrogation scene almost. You know, with the mm. spotlight and and mm. her just sitting there, and she had her back to us, and it was just. Mm. I don't know. I I I thought that 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 I I guess that would be my favorite scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It it was just yeah. so beautiful. Even I though I know that the movie was kind of dark in terms mm -hmm. of like contrast, like it was a very like I was like maybe my screen isn't right, you know. But mm -hmm. other yeah. than that, it was a very beautiful movie. Another mm. beautiful nightmare. Kind of. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Know? Not too haunting though, right? For you, not too haunting. Okay no, no, no. Okay. No, I didn't want to cool. throw up at all in this movie. So now we can kind of gauge where you're at. Not Midsummer, but <laughs> Uncle Boon Me. Okay, well, yeah. We're at, we're at a six right now in terms of horror. It's. Um, not, I didn't find it scary at all. I mean. Yeah, I don't no. think this is in any can be described no, as a no, horror no, movie no, in any no, ways. No, I, no. I, you know, just uh, while we're talking about the cinematography, I do want to note how a lot of this film was shot during um, the Magic Hour which I always like. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, for those of you who don't know, the magic hour is that, you know, usually a little less than an hour of, uh, at morning and at dusk, basically, where the sun like either... Yeah, it's where, yeah, usually d you, you get a lot of purples or you get a lot of, like, um, I don't know how... I don't know. Yeah, you get a lot of purples, pinks, perhaps. A lot mm. of, like, like a navy... You know, it's like a kind of like light the opposite of over. the golden hour. So it's usually, yeah, exactly. It's usually when the sun is like behind, you know, either hasn't risen yet or hasn't fully set yet, but it's not 
up in the sky for you to see. It's just kind of like lingering up behind the horizon. Mm. And um, that's really hard to shoot at that hour because it's, as anyone who's been on a set knows, yeah, you, you're often like trying to, you know, outrun the sun at all times. You're trying yeah. to get the light for as long as you can before it goes out. And then this time you've only got like a half an hour before it becomes too dark to shoot or, or mm. the, you know, or the sun comes up and it's too light to mm. shoot. And it always has an ethereal quality in my mind. It's always, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I always love seeing it being, seeing it rendered on film. Mm. In fact, there's a great film, um, uh, called Days of Heaven, which is an early Terence Mar- Malick film, which mm-hmm. maybe we can review in this podcast too. But that's another film where the majority of it is shot during the magic hour, which also, con- you know, partly explained why it took so long to complete that film. Yeah. And anyway, so I really appreciate when anyone commits to doing that. And I think, mm. it, I mean, it's literally called The Magic Hour. And this is a film that is in many ways just magic. like a, a piece of Fantastic. magic realism. Yeah. yeah, magic realism, for sure, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that is the genre I would categorize is categorize it in, um, because it's 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 one of those things, you know. It's and Gabriel like puts it in a way that's like I I don't understand, like I don't, you know, like I don't know how to feel. And and in a way, this this is an art installation that that has succeeded in what it was trying to do because. In any film, we already have the answers. It's so orthodox and linear that you watch a film, you completely understand it, and then you can like let it go, and zoop, it goes out of your mind, and you watch the next thing that's on Netflix, or you binge the next 10 episodes. Whereas you watch something like this, and you challenge yourself a little to stay, to stay with it, to stay present with it throughout it, and then you will be rewarded with like inundations of, of questions and and. And, and, and bewilderment and, and just confusion and you'll be like trying to itch the surface for answers and that's and that's what art is you know it, it challenges you it, it, it lets you really ask questions and, and and go deeper into it and go further into it and and I feel like that this movie it c- accomplishes that because we're all here trying to discuss this and trying to be like okay what what is it trying to tell us and that that in it that in itself is is enough is enough for us to be like to, for us to commute and yes we've created a podcast around it but even if we had watched it as, as just three friends watching it we would still have the same conversations about like what are we trying to do here what are, what is this trying to say mm-hmm. whereas like yeah you're 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 fucking 11th entry of the Marvel franchise won't do that for you or your or your commercial big blockbuster movie won't do that for you because it will already have answered all the questions that it's set out to, to, to answer yeah well said yeah um, so I mean um, it's it's you can't compare you know like this no. is this is something completely different that I've never yeah. seen before I've never seen there we go anything like this Thank and you, I, Ollie. And I, Ollie suggested that one. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean um, this is, what can this I say? Is I'm truly a movie genius. newbie experience because I'm like, holy, holy moly guacamole. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> and also, I don't, I really don't know. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here at all, but I mean, like, go me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but uh, no, no, no. But I, what I, the reason I really wanted us to discussed this on this um for the series is not just because i thought it was going to be so wildly different to any other movie that we've talked about on this podcast and i think it was an important part of your education as the movie newbie 
Jabril. I also just thought that this was really relevant to our theme of South Africa. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. It was, I'm going to do that over again uh, because I thought it was really relevant. <laughs> I thought it was really relevant to our theme of uh, Southeast Asian gems because I, you know, I don't know a lot about Thai cinema um, necessarily. I don't know a ton about Thai culture, but I do think that this is a film that probably could not have come from any other part of the world than where it did. And mm. I think it is quite stultifying to people like us because we're raised on the movie of the the cinema of the West or there's just the uh, different different kinds of cinema. Mm. And, you know, I think Eastern cinema in general, not to sort of generalize Asian Asia as one, you know, um, monolithic place, but um, I do think a lot of Eastern cinema traditionally has been more slow. It's been more meditative. Mm. It's refuse to give easy answers or um, simple connective tissues between certain plot points and characters. Mm. And um, yeah, so I just felt like it, it would, it would, it would really behoove us to include a film like this while we're trying to cover Southeast Asian cinema in, you know, so few films. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the range of films that we watched in this theme, I mean, from Elo Elo to the raid to this, it's just, it's a, good, it's, a good spectrum. It's a good spectrum, and I th mm -hmm. I feel like we need a volume two or maybe even a volume three. I don't know. There's hey, there's just maybe. so much. I feel like with well, you know he did do a sequel. He did do a sequel to this film. He did do a sequel. There's a sequel. Yeah, right. Uncle Bunmi, who can recall his past lives too, the revenge what? of Bun Song. <laughs> no way. You no, know, don't keep your bucket around. I was gonna the say monkey. he went to. The, like monkey goes, possible. Yeah. the monkey mean, ghost the people know. are back and they're pissed. <laughs> yeah. no, they want their land back. Now they've got the guns, bitch. Up. Yeah, it's a Star Wars collaboration. Disney has come and they're like, we love this film. You know that scene? Yeah, you know that scene in like, what is it? What is it? Like Revenge of the Sith when the the planet of Chewbacca's just are yeah. like form their own army and revolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like that, but with the uh, with the monkey ghosts. With the monkey oh my ghosts. gosh! Really? <laughs> Kashyyyk, I believe that planet was. Okay, yeah, we so just like... completely desecrated our conversation about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we beautiful okay, art yeah, house. Drama. We need to go move back into it. Let's. Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk enough about the amazing work that the actors did, like. Mm -hmm. The fact or that they were non -actors, all, right? or non-actors, yeah, I guess, mm. um, how they managed to portray such real, I guess, real characters, you know, mm. like it was such, such a great job. Like um, mm. when I when I when I researched the movie and I saw that they were, uh, what I guess, amateur actors. I I don't know. Um, I think you just non professional. Like, what's your right? opinion of this? Like, being well, a know. trained actor that's studied and you have a degree in this art form. Um, One of the flaws that 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 can be um, seen in in all of this training that I've received um, in everything that I try to do as an actor is. Is, is, is get you know more discipline, get more training, but that can also take away a lot from um, being in the present moment and, and just being there with your scene partner because you are constantly reminded of, of, 
of what your teacher said to you about this certain line or how to deliver this certain line in that certain way. And it's, and, 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 and maybe, and, and there's a lot of examples for that. I think Sofia Coppola and um, a few other directors try to snatch maybe like non, non-actors or, or, or actors that are very amateur because there's that quality of, of uh, not innocence, but um, maybe intimacy that they can achieve without having to think because actors can be very cerebral. They can be almost too cerebral where um, mm. they get into their own way. Whereas you get someone that maybe doesn't have a lot of that foundation can maybe do it with more of a simplicity. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's a give or take. Some, some you're going to pick and you're going to be like, okay, yeah, you get, really can't deliver lines. And others, they can do it breathlessly and effortlessly. And here is, they do that. I mean, I don't know how yeah. they got to know this ensemble of actors. I don't know how um, the director got them together, if they were friends, if, if there was a relationship there. He's, but... um, he's, he's used quite a few of these actors um, there we go. in his previous yeah. films and in his subsequent films as well. Like the his um his follow up film to this, uh, Cemetery of Splendor, featured the actress who played Jen, uh, in the oh, lead role. But uh, sorry, continue, Raph. Yeah. No, yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Like, so there's a relationship that is already formed there, and maybe that makes it easier to. And who knows about his sets? Are they intimate? Are they are they are they closed? Is it very personable? Because the director can have such a vital um, role when it comes to to how he wants to direct his actors. And um, a lot of directors maybe forget the fact that your actors are, are the key to, to, to a lot of your films. Uh, they, they are the ones that are going mm. to carry the language and carry the movie forward, whether you like it or not, whether you're going to sprinkle the visuals throughout, the actor is going to be the one that's going to tell the story. And that's the essential uh, integral yeah. part of this. And that's, and they convey that they do that. So if, Maybe there is a relationship there. It's easier for non-actors to really share a story that they also love or that they also like can see and convey and, and relate to. And yeah, so it's, it's, it depends, man. It's, it's a question that I haven't really answered, but it's, it's one of those where, yeah, there's a relationship, there's story. I mean, we're all storytellers. We all can be storytellers. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just like to put the label of actor on top of my head, but really I'm just a storyteller and that's all I'm here to do. And I feel like that's all we're here to do in life anyways, is to share our stories and then maybe receive back to the earth. Mm. I yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I don't have um, Raf's particular expertise here, but I would also just add to that that I think, you know, it depends a little bit on what you're trying to, what you need from your actors as a director. Mm. I think this is a film where in many ways, I mean, you know, not to downplay their achievements, but they're not asking, he's not asking his actors to do a lot of, quote, heavy lifting in terms of drama. He's not Mm. asking them to say, I don't know, have an emotional breakdown or to, Mm. uh, I don't know, to play a, you know, to, to, I don't know, to, to, to have like almost like a Shakespearean monologue mm. perhaps, but he's just asking them to exist in a, in a really natural state. To be and that is perhaps yeah. where, you know, under a good sure hand and in a safe environment, a non-actor could perhaps, who is, you know, who has a similar background to that of the character they're trying to play can bring more mm. to it than someone with, you know, decades of experience in, the national in a national theater company or a really hoity-toity drama academy yeah yeah exactly it just it it just makes me think of like the spectrum of an actor you know maybe you could have Mm. like method actors and people like uh, what's the guy who played uh abraham lincoln he's the Daniel day lewis 
Yeah. So like you mm. have people like him, and then on the other side you have these this ensemble of actors, you know. And mm. maybe you think of it as like a spectrum that goes from one end to the other, but I guess the effect could be seen as like a circle, you know, where both ends kind of meet at the other side and you can get a similar effect from both styles. Uh, mm. That's just what I, from what you guys have said, have been speaking of. That's what I feel. Mm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like Bravo hats off to the people that, oh, yeah. that yeah, worked mm-hmm. on this movie because, um, it's a, it's a, it's a real experience. It's a, mm. I mean, for anyone who has listened to it, to this podcast until this point, and you still haven't decided to watch the movie, I mean, pause it right now and go <laughs> watch this movie because it's... Uncle Boomy promotion. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. got to, we got to, we have to. I mean... Yeah, yeah we got to spread that. We got to spread the word. I mean, pause this right now and go watch this movie because yeah, absolutely. you're going to experience something completely different to what you're used to. For every, for every uh, Monsters, Inc. or The Raid, you know, we do want to shine a light on a lesser seen film like this one yeah yeah and you know you may not enjoy it you may not love it but you know i don't think it's the kind of thing where you're going to come out of it and regret having spent uh you know an hour and 45 minutes watching it yeah at the very That's least true. you can boast to your friends at a dinner pa- dinner party one night that you've seen the 2010 palm dior winner uncle boon me who can recall his past lives yeah there we go <laughs> i mean i Should had we, to uh, research palm with the palm dior <laughs> Award. I didn't know what it was. Sorry. Like Ballon d'Or. That's okay. Oh, That's okay. So I, I, I hear like you guys Pam. saying, I'm like, you know what? I'll let it go. I'm I'll always, let it slide. I always, I'll let it slide. <clears throat> oh, speaking of I'm the always, French, I'm always saying like Pam Dior. Yeah, Pam. And the one who's going to receive the Pam Dior is is Appum Chap representing Ram Key right there. I was going to say Ram. this award Raph, there was a bit of French in this movie. What did you think of the French aspect? Oh, love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love that scene, actually. How he was like, he kept on repeating. uh, Yeah, yeah. How he he greets his workers, yeah, his farmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did, what did, they were Laotian as well, right? The the farmhands. Yeah. Is there any reason, does anyone know why someone from Laos might know? might have grown up speaking French or have been taught colonialism. French growing up. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm assuming it had to do with <laughs> colonialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In I mean... one word. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, in, Wait, in, what's uh, this Indochine, colonialism? Indochine, so French, uh, the French came to that, to that part of the world, um, predominantly uh, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Vietnam, Vietnam and, yeah. and, parts of, and parts of North. Yeah, I, I, knew, I mean, I knew the French were obviously had a large presence in um, Vietnam, but I didn't know that they were also, you know, doing their thing in terms yeah. of raping and pillaging culture in Laos as well. Um, yeah. That's... Oh, they were doing it everywhere. Yeah. The, no <laughs> exception. <laughs> hey, so was, uh, so was England too. Yeah. So no it was way. great. I oh, mean, God, yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck our, fuck our past. Fuck our yeah, history, man. Sorry. yeah sorry um so shall we rate this film yeah yeah let's let's end it here i think that was that was a really good discussion it was one of the most i don't know what philosophical well not philosophical but like it was such a it was a good good flowing discussion on Mm. a movie Mm. that made no sense at the beginning (laughs) and no sense at the end and but made us feel i'm yeah i'm just still still trying to figure it out 
But yeah, how about how about Ollie? Let, let's let's hear your yeah. closing remarks from, se- from your, your seven three watch. What's uh, yeah, your closing remarks and hit us up with a with a ranking. Well, yeah, you know, I think I've 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 had more than enough opportunity to express my thoughts on this film during this episode. You know, it it means a lot to me. It's quite personal. Um, I, I've watched it quite a few times, as I've said. I've watched it like I think seven times now, and it always. Um, puts me into a certain mood while I'm watching it. And that's why I keep returning to it for. It's not because I think, you know, when I see it this time, I'm finally going to figure it out or I'm going to discover some Easter egg or some clue that was missing all along. I know I'm not, I'm going to be just as confused this time around, but I always enjoy the state it puts me in. And if anything, I come out of it feeling less than confused, actually. I think I come out of it feeling demystified in a way because I just feel very relaxed. And so, yeah, giving this rating is actually giving this movie a rating is actually quite hard because it's um you know it almost feels wrong to because this mm. film isn't like most other films that people typically watch so to try and you know judge it with the same criteria mm. seems foolhardy um but so you know where this is so let's not rate it. yeah <laughs> well, let's not. I mean, we don't have to. I mean, if 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 this is dear to you and it's as dear to you that that we we shouldn't. Put, I mean, I was about um, to say I'd, I'd prob- I feel like I should give it a perfect score just because I've always I've said I've you know I've been on record as saying this is one of my ten favorite films from the past decade. So it would feel, you know, mm. almost hypocritical not to give it that A rating. But mm. it is just you know it, I put it on there because it's just different. Ultimately, and that's the yeah. you no, know, that's the rating I give it. This film is different, man. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's just different, dude. It's just different, um, dude. <laughs> it's far out, like man. a true stoner. And I'm watching this like north northeastern Thai film, man, and it's just completely different. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Jibril, did you want to give your give your two cents? <laughs> Did you also want to say that it's different, dude? <laughs> yeah, man, it was different, you know, like. And not taking away anything that most... you said, Ollie, because it was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm on the completely other end of my experience with this film. This is my first time ever watching it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so like I said at the when we started this, I watched it in two sittings. You know, I watched the first hour and a bit. And then I had other stuff to do, you know, life came in the way. And after that first sitting, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I didn't really enjoy what was going on. But you have to see the full thing to really get the experience that the director is showing you, you know? So, um, but like I said, you know, I feel like I need to watch this like I have to watch it a few more times to truly you know get some sort of grasp around what's going on because there were there were definitely points in the movie where I was like kind of you know phasing out and like mm-hmm. kind of losing my concentration cuz yes there's subtitles and you know there were parts in the movie where I was like I think I felt like I watched something that you guys didn't like I didn't realize the funeral was for Uncle Boo Me. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that um, a fish was giving oral sex to the princess. So that's just know. my interpretation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like I need a few more times to watch this, and I think 
this is one of the movies that we have to revisit in the future and you know get another and i and i feel like we we do a completely different podcast a completely different episode because i feel like this is the type of movie every time you watch it it's going to be something different so for now i'm going to be giving it a uh, it does feel weird giving it a rating but I already thought of the the symbol that I want to rate it. Yeah, in. Just, just do it. I know. I know. Seven point five. Um. Cunnilingus fish. <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Not taking away all any any of the respect from this film whatsoever. Yeah. I have um, to. Uncle Boogie is crying right now. <laughs> Uncle Boogie's dead, dude. He's dead. <laughs> Did you not get this film? He died. Well, no, but then he came. He's 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 still here. Yeah, past, and present, and future is colliding, yeah. man. There is it's, no beginning. Yeah. There is no end. He's somewhere. Time else. is but relative. Death is a construct. Okay. Death is a construct. Yeah. yeah. Life could also be a construct. Um, Raph. Right. Hit, that give was us, yeah. Give us yours. Uh, boo. I'll you know cut it short because I feel like we're 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 pushing mm. it, pushing the boundaries yeah. of our own of our own uh, podcast here. Time is a construct. Time is a god. Time is but relative, dude. It's just different. Um, uh, and <laughs> I, I feel like it's. Jabril uh, probably felt like time took longer while he was watching this movie. <laughs> it's three days later 100%. now. Can I give my rating, please? Um, Sorry. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, it's an existential expose, a spiritual ceremony. It celebrates life and death in rural Thailand, in northern rural Thailand. It's a rare telling, and I'm giving this film a 9 out of 10. Wonderful. Because I also feel weird giving it a rating, so I might as well just go straight and say it, and it doesn't mean anything. uh, It's just different. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's just different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm that's the highlight of this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but well, I guess we'll just have to end it here, right? Do we sing a accent? I gotta. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Should no. I do it again? I don't know. No, no, no it was an elo elo thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel. It was an elo. <laughs> Maybe if we do like uh, I know stupid or something, then I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. if you guys want me to do my singlish accent again. <laughs> Um, give us a like, give us a share, give us a comment, give us a five star. We want that. We need that. We want to get on the new and noteworthy on on iTunes. We want us to be featured on Spotify. But also, you know, my Singlish accent, it's 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 pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening. It was it was a real pleasure to have you both on the show. Um it's a real pleasure to watch movies like this and i love this theme this theme was actually one of the probably my favorite theme to do so far and uh i can't wait for the next one i think ollie you're gonna have to give us the next theme so i'll have something yeah, juicy in store for you guys Ooh, excited nice. Nice. let's do it well thank you guys thank you for listening thank you for being on the show and uh catch you next time hey guys If you like the show, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at The Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.